the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, Join this nice weather when we take this turn of events. It's been a nice, busy day for me. I've been as you know, I had my shoulder replaced. That's why my son was taking over from me for a while, and I've been going through rehab. And um, it's kind of humbling to, to to get tired lifting a one-pound weight. <laughs> it's, kinda, it's like starting all over again. You know, it's like gone are the days of benching 350. You know what I mean? It's like now it's down to one-pound weight and trying to build, build yourself back up. But, you know, that even happens to us, you know, spiritually. I've been dealing with a... I'm mentoring a couple guys who have uh, walked away from the Lord at an early age, and now they're older and they're trying to come back to the Lord, and it's kind of frustrating to them, you know, because some of the things they know because they remember the things, but it's like it's just like it's just like lifting that one pound weight. You know, you can't jump back into uh, the 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 heavy stuff. You got to take it light, and even though it's, it seems frustrating because you've done this before. You know what I mean? But because of the way you allowed yourself to, <clears throat> the position you allowed yourself to transgress, so you got to do it again. And uh, I'm going to continue on with the subject of spiritual warfare, but I do have to make a correction. I, I made an announcement that our our fundraising banquet for our, our program would, would be uh, the the, 7th, the the 18th of May, but it's going to be the 31st of May. Uh, you know, just due to uh, several conflicts on on the end, yeah, my my son is taking over as executive director, and and uh, he just felt it'd be better fit that on that particular weekend, because we was running to the holidays and Mother's Day and different all the days that come in there, and, and uh, <clears throat> that weekend is a it's kind of a clear weekend from those kind of distractions. So, um, you know, if you want to come join us, you know, just uh, just leave me a message at six one two two five one five seven one seven. And uh, and reserve a spot at our banquet, and you can kind of get a glimpse of what we do as we share what we what our plans are for the coming year and the coming summer, and uh, and reaching out to kids and and creating leaders, and uh, and and so you get to meet our staff, which is uh is like we call all homegrown, you know, from our executive director all the way down to our high school staff, they all used to be kids in the program, and that's our goal to take kids, urban kids, and get them to the point where they can become leaders. And it's amazing to me how many of our kids go on and I want to become teachers. You know, I, I think out of the 27 kids we have in college, um, 10 of them are seeking to become 
uh, teachers, either elementary education, physical education, high school teachers, you know, uh, secondary education, and uh, they want to become teachers. And, and, and being in 3D, one of the things they have to do is they have to teach younger kids. We always make the older teach the younger. And so it's amazing to see that. Even on our track program, it's amazing to see the kids come back from college and want to help coach. And uh, to the point now where I don't really have to do anything. I, you know, I don't think I've been to a track practice yet this year. You know, I've been doing paperwork and raising money, but that's just it. So creating leaders is our goal, uh, and we've done that. And I want to share that moment with you. And uh, and maybe if you know someone who has a heart, you know, for leadership ministry or urban ministry, um, they can come out and, and uh, see what we're doing, see what this this little small group of people are doing in North Minneapolis to, to change our landscape. So we're going to continue on with our topic of spiritual warfare. You know, I was talking about man is made up of body, soul, and spirit. And, and we all know that the body uh, is means of contact with the world is through our five senses. And uh, we like to call those, uh, you know, the gateways, you know, in, 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 into, into our mind or to our soul, to our soulless realm. And, and then our soul is made up of our, uh, our, our, our conscious, our memory, our affections, our imaginations. You know, that, that's our soul. That's our seat of wisdom. As the scriptures like to say, that's where decisions are made. That's where we process. You know, we, we process, you know, what we see, what we hear, what we taste. I was uh, teasing my church, and uh, maybe some of you may get this or not, but I said, you know, when some people smell chitlins, they say, mm, good. Other people smell chitlins. They say, mm, nasty. And chitlins are, are, are the hog's intestine that you uh, you clean and boil, and, uh, and most people eat with hot sauce. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's just it. If you're from the Hispanic culture, you make menudo out of the intestine. And uh, you can tell when a culture is used to getting the scraps and they just made the best of the scraps, uh, you know. And so, you know, so you, you how you process that, the smell of chitlins doesn't change. The taste of chitlins doesn't change. But all depending on who you're dealing with and how they process it in their soulless realm and their memories and their imagination, you know, and their affections and consciousness, it tells you know, how they particularly feel about the thing. You know, you have some people who love fast food, some people who hate fast food. Fast food doesn't change. It's just that maybe they experience what they experienced, what they tasted, what they saw, what they had, and, and the way they processed it was different. And so we process things different. You know, when if you had came to me when I was 20 years old and said, let's go to a prayer meeting, I would have been like, no. You know what I mean? Because it, it just wouldn't happen. But if you came to me at 24 and said, go to prayer meeting, I would have been like, yes, where am I going? You know what I mean? The prayer meeting didn't change. The thing didn't change. I changed. You know, my seat of wisdom, my, my decision-making process, you know, what I deem to be a good decision and what I deem to be a bad decision. You know, that's where it's processed at. And that's the battleground that Satan likes to operate in, the, the battleground of the mind, you know, or the soulless realm. That's where it goes. He tries to get us through our imaginations, you know, through our through our memories, you know, and, um, you know, just like, uh, you know, when you're, you're, you're fasting and you're driving down the street and you notice every restaurant, you know, every restaurant, every sale. Every everything, you know, and when you're not, you just drive it past it because you got somewhere to go, and it's there. Why? Because the battleground is the mind. Your 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 not only is your flesh crying out like, "Hey, feed me," you know what I mean, but then you also have the battleground of the mind of the the, the enemy trying to get you to break that fast, trying to get you, to, and then come back and with condemnation to tell you, you know, you're not a good believer, 
you let God down because you you know you didn't do what you should have done. And so when you when you when you look at that, then there's a spiritual realm in it that we have as human beings, our spiritual makeup, and the gateway into the spiritual makeup is the will, is the will. And so when you're talking about being under a spiritual attack, you know, just review like we talked about last time, is that is it is it just your flesh? You know, your five senses acting up, you know, causing you to get there. Or is it your, is the battle in your mind and your soulless realm, your imagination, your conscience, what you want to do and where you want to go? Or is it really a spiritual stronghold? Has it really been a spiritual stronghold? Most times it's the flesh. Most times it's the flesh. I remember um pastor telling me that uh, the, the devil's first cousin is the flesh. You know, they, they're close. They're tight. And, and you got to be careful because, you know, your flesh will drive you into some things and we will blame it on Satan. You know, we love to blame stuff on him. You know, we love love to get stand up in church and give a testimony about Satan's been busy. And it really wasn't Satan being busy. It was us being busy. It was our own vain imaginations that were going on. I want to read to you a verse of scripture that help you understand what I'm talking about. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, we are human. I'm reading the New Living Translation. It says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Human reasoning, reasoning, that's in the soulless realm. Imaginations, your affections, your consciousness, that's in the soulless realm. I said, that's where the stronghold is. That's where the decisions are being made, right? It says we only sin by our own evil lust and desire. And those lusts and desires, you know what I mean? You know, you can't always blame them on the flesh. You know what I mean? The flesh helps it. You know, you know, it, you know something may start out as you experiment, then it becomes a habit, then it becomes a stronghold, right? And and that's the progression. It, it's, it, it comes out, start being pleasing to the flesh, you know, the, the five senses, the you know, the ear, your, your taste, smell, touch, you know, it becomes appealing to those things. And then it becomes a strong, it becomes a stronghold because now your imaginations, your memories, your everything like that, they come into play. You know, they, they come into play and bring that into play. And, I say, and then, well, hopefully we never get to the last part is when you give up your will and you give up your will. And when you give up your will to the enemy, then that's when we get into a position of, you know, where we have oppression and possession, right? So we, it says we do not wage war with worldly weapons. So in other words, you can't try to uh, educate yourself out of your situation. You can't try to memorize yourself out of the situation. What you have to do is you have to use God's mighty weapons. You have to use the word of God, you got to use uh, prayer. You got to use, you got, you got to come in there with a level of understanding. You got to use submission. And the one that, that hurts the most, you got to use obedience. You know, being obedient to God's word, being obedient to the scriptures, because that's the greatest form of spiritual warfare. The greatest weapon we have is to stay obedient. Because if we stay obedient, then we don't have to fall into the traps and snares and wiles of the enemy. And it says, and to destroy false arguments, destroy false arguments. Right. You know, you get in there and you, you hold on to something that's not true. And where does that come from? It's once again, it's in your seat of reason. It's in your mind, your soulless realm. You know, they say we destroy every proud obstacle. 
that keeps people from knowing God. Man, what keeps people from knowing God? I was sharing the gospel with somebody the other day, a person who was raised in church, right? And I'm sharing the gospel with them, and I said, what's keeping you after what you've been through? I said, if most people had been through what you've been through, they'd have been running to the altar. I said, what's keeping you from coming back to the Lord? And she said, I don't know. I just don't want to come back right now. You know, against every obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. She finally admitted there's something happened. There's an incident where basically, you know how we do. Something happens in our life. We blame God for it. God, why you didn't stop it? Why you didn't start it? Whatever it is. And then we just hold him for that. And we don't want nothing to do with him because he didn't come through what we wanted him to. We don't think about all the times he called on us to come through and we didn't come through. But that's just how we are. And say we destroy every proud obstacle to keep knowing God. And we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Oh, man. That's a hard one there because we go back to this word teach. We capture their rebellious thoughts. We isolate those rebellious thoughts. And then we teach them to obey Christ. Woohoo, man. If we did do that as a body, there are some isolated instances of people doing this and having ministries that are effectively doing this. But if we did this as a body, just with our family, do you know how different the world would be if we isolated those rebellious thoughts and then we taught them to obey Christ, right? The great commission is go therefore and teach. You know, teach. You know, it's obviously by the state of the world, we haven't been doing a good job teaching. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes we want to convert, you know, but the word tells us to teach and and not getting so caught up in converting, but teaching. Teaching people the things that Christ taught us, or as in this scripture says, teaching them to obey. And after you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. I mean, you know, and, and, and you might think like we get to beat up everybody. That's not this is a word. But when you're walking in obedience, it hurts people who are not. You know, they 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 get mad at you. I mean, when you're doing everything you're supposed to do, and someone's not doing what they're supposed to do, it hurts. It hurts them. You know, they they come at you with a vengeance. I remember the time I was working a job. And I was just being obedient. I was doing what I was supposed to do. I was out there working hard. And the other managers in the store didn't believe in working hard. They stayed in the break room, drink coffee, smoke cigarettes, come out, do a little bit of work. And then here I am out there working. And they got together and decided they was going to get rid of me because I was making them look bad. And they called down to the office and said, I wasn't working out, wasn't a good trainee, Probably need to think about letting me go or put me in another store. And uh, when the supervisor came, observed, and just talked to some of the employees, and they gave him a different viewpoint. And uh, finally, one of the guys came to me later on to apologize, like about six months later, and said, you know, we tried to get rid of you. I said, I know. He said, I, I, I apologize, you know, for doing that. Why? 
because I was being obedient. I wasn't trying to outwork them. I was never saying nothing slanderous against them. It's just that me being obedient made their disobedience stand out even more. You listen to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit Lord Church. We're talking about spiritual warfare. And I, after the break, we'll come back and, and I attack this subject a little bit more. God bless. I got soul, all of God's children got soul, y'all. We got soul, and they got soul. All of God's children got soul. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities, emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. I'm Keith Stevens. Join Donna Cruz and me this weekend for Keep the Faith. Our friend Kathy Lee Gifford will be here to talk about her faith journey. So in his genius, Billy knew that people would come to a movie theater who would not go to a church. And so I sat there as a little 12-year-old girl and watched this movie about a girl who is at a crossroads in her life. I hope you can join us for Keep the Faith. Listen to Keep the Faith every Sunday night at 6 on AM 980 The Mission. Make me think of the JBs. <laughs> hey, welcome back to um, Isaiah 61, Radio Ministry, Spirit of Lord Church. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton. And, um, and it, we're talking about spiritual warfare. And I, I was in 2 Corinthians, and I want to back up and say, the place says the weapons of our warfare. You know, and, and, and what are some of the weapons that we have? And I just want to talk about some of those weapons. Now, of course, we had the word of God. That's how Jesus fought back. When Satan came in him and attacked him in the flesh, in the soul, and in the spirit with the three temptations, he, oh, he responded with the word. And we responded with the word of God. The word of God is essential. The word of God is there. Now, the word of God can be used or can be launched using other different kinds of strategies. Uh, you know, our testimony. You know, the the word says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the power of their testimony. Our testimony, you know, is also an effective weapon that we use to, to tear down different strongholds. You know, when when you're dealing with some people can maybe doubt some other things about, but they can't doubt what you've experienced and what you've gone through. And so as you share your testimony and how God's word has changed you, how what Jesus did on the cross has changed you, has taken you from what you once were to where you now are. You know, that testimony is a, it's a powerful thing. Your testimony about God's providence in your life may have healed you or something or may have came through at a right on time moment with a job. You know, uh, you know, that's a powerful tool. And what that does is that projects the word of God out there into people's life. And as they receive your story, they receive what the word has done. Um, another way the word of God uh, can be used as a weapon is in praise. You know, we're really big now 
and to praise and worship. That's the big thing. It's become so big that it's become a money maker. And uh, but the thing about it is about our praise, about giving praise. When you really read the book of Psalms and you hear praise, you you yeah, our God is lifted up, how He's exalted. And uh, and when we praise the name of the Lord, yeah, I mean, you know, when we're in a certain situation. And then we just start praising God. You know, we're not asking God for anything. We're not begging him for nothing. You know what I mean? We just start praising him. You know, we look at Paul and Silas in the jail, and they were there, and they just start praising him. And then that praise just energized the room. There was a great rumbling. Chains fell off. You know what I mean? And and, and they were free. But they didn't leave. They were, They didn't leave. They realized that the freedom was not for them to leave, but the freedom was for them to witness to the jailer. You know what I mean? And to go there and, and to bring him and his household into the Lord. But it started with praise. You know what I mean? That's there. You know, and you know, if you got a song in your heart, you know, and, and you, you get to singing that song and uh, it communicates some things, man. And I've seen people uh, during worship service, just break and the Holy Spirit just come in and start ministering to them because you're setting an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can really uh, minister to them and get to them. And it's just all through praise as you're praising God. You know, it just it just creates an atmosphere where God can move, where people can be set free, uh, where prayers can be answered. It's praise, you know, and another one is prayer when we pray. Prayer is conversation with God, but God wants you to pray his word. You know, he, he wants you, wants to let know that you understand what his promises are. Yeah, you're not just coming to him with, I think, I feel, but you're coming to him with God. You said your word says in your word. And when you start praying the word over people, right, you know, once again, the word is the weapon. So if I want to see, see somebody get set free and I want to see somebody get saved, and I start praying the word over them. You know, I'm not just, you know, I'm not just saying, oh, Lord, save that person. You know what I mean? I'm saying, I'm like, Lord, you know, just your word says that you desire for our whole household to be saved. And I'm lifting up my, my daughter to you. I'm lifting up my son to you. You know what I mean? You know, I just said a prayer today for one of my children. You know what I mean? It was felt like they were really losing it at work. You know, and I just, I prayed the word, you know, I prayed for a fresh anointing. I prayed, you know, that, that God would grant them stability. You know what I mean? I said, you know, and I just used a couple of examples of, of other people in the world, the word that was going through stressful times. And, and I text a prayer to them so they can read it over and over again and, and find deliverance in that, you know, and, and that's what, and so prayer, you know, is, is another way, but we pray the word. You know, we're not praying our own feelings. You know, I like the, the, the acronym ACTS, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication. You don't ask for anything until the end. You adore him, you confess your sins to him, you thank him, and then finally you ask him for something. You know, and so prayer is another weapon, another another launching point that, that we can look at in the weapons of our warfare and what we're going out to. You know, and as we see in scripture sometimes, sometimes just music. David could play in such an anointed way that, you know, he would drive the demons out of Saul. 
You know what I mean? And if you find someone who has that gift, was anointed to play, you know, just to play, and and they just set the atmosphere. The atmosphere changes, and and it, it just gets there, and it becomes it becomes a whole different thing, you know. And and, and no, the word is not being spoken, yeah. You know I mean, but it's through the word that you realize that this gift exists, you know. What I mean, and it's just like David had this anointing, God give me this anointing as I play the piano. Give me this anointing as I play the guitar. Give me this anointing as I play. The, the the horn or the sax or whatever it is, and I, and pray and ask God for that anointing, so people can can be set free. You know that's what we need to do. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. There's nothing wrong with carnal means to deal with certain problems and deal with certain things, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. When we go to war, when we're trying to get Satan out of us, when he's trying to come at us with temptations in our mind, he's trying to come at us with temptations in our home. Uh, you know, everything seems to be going chaotic. You know, we got to come with the word, right? We got to come with the word. And whether we sing the word, whether we confess the word, whether we quote the word, you know, or whether we just allow the word to take activation through music, we will see deliverance and healing. Don't run from spiritual warfare. Run to it. This is Pastor Joe Sutton, Spirit of the Lord Church, North Minneapolis, saying... Be peaceful, be at war until next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.